associated with Valentine's Day. It's a special episode of Feminine Critique for Valentine's Week or something, right? Valentine's Month, I guess, by the time people... Maybe, hey, you could be listening to this in December of 2040. (gasps) How is it in 2040? We'll still be alive at that point. The world is still going to be spinning that long (laughs) from now. Well, it's the Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. I'm Christine. Uh, this is, I'm really excited to do this episode. I am also here. <laughs> tip, tip your hat a little, a little deeper, why don't you, Christine? I, no, that actually isn't any real indication. Well, you know what? That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> a woman who knows herself, Christine Vickies. <laughs> uh, all right. So on this episode, we are just going to talk about two movies that are have a lot in common in varying ways. Um, Both of them have enough that we are going to definitely have to go into very deep plot detail because otherwise you can't really talk about these movies. Christine, what are the movies? The movies are 2001's Uh Valentine? Was that? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. boy. When when we looked it up, I was like, this is like 2007, right? Well, this... Valentine is 21 years old. If Valentine was a person, Valentine could go and buy alcohol. I think Valentine would make questionable choices. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, slut shame its friends, definitely. Boy, oh boy. And then semi-recently's The Black Coat's Daughter, 2018? 2018 or 15? I thought it was 15. 15? 2015. And Black Coat's Daughter, though, was a weird one because it might have been like festival release 2015, Mm -hmm. wide release 2016 or 18. I don't know. Because I know it was... he, it was Osgood Perkins's the first film he made, but it wasn't the first film his, of his that was released. This is the first film he made? Yes. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There, there's a lot. Um, what's interesting, too, with both of these movies is that I think both of us had seen... Well, I know you have talked about Valentine a lot over the years. I, I have. Valentine is a movie that I have seen, seen more times than I probably have any reason to. Um, it is fascinating. And first, I want to say, like, not to do the same thing that we always have to do when we tell the world how we knew things ahead of time. Um, like, you know, how Step Up 2 and, and many things where we were, like, ahead of the curve. But, always. like, we we had been saying for years, you kept bringing up Valentine, and we kept saying, you know, when Valentine's available, because it really wasn't a, mm-hmm. streaming anywhere, one day when it's <laughs> readily available, we're going to cover it. And suddenly, and granted, by suddenly, it's like, okay, it's also February, and it's also 
just came on Shutter. But like the past week of my like Twitter feed has been all Valentine all the time. It's true. It's so yes, we are ahead of the curve always, but also a lot of other people around our age with our interests. Yeah have been there too and it seems like more people are getting more of a platform to talk about these things which is fantastic yeah definitely and if i don't know if you follow um the director of valentine on twitter uh what is his name jamie blanks james blanks jamie oh god why did imdb put so much stuff above the director why why what is this design jamie blanks i was close um he like just this week on twitter was i guess i guess because it just came on shutter there was probably like a sudden slew of valentine discussion there so mm-hmm. he was like really engaging with people on there and talking like giving talking about different things about the movie that you didn't know and everything so um yeah it's we are living in the valentine renaissance who knew who knew this I day love would it. come there were t- there are recent there was a bootleg shirt if anybody who knows me i love shirts t-shirts i love bootleg shirts and that's basically an unlicensed shirt that's usually of a very specific design Mm. a very specific aesthetic so there was a bootleg shirt of valentine and i didn't get it this is months and months ago and i was like oh my gosh i didn't get it and then lo and behold somebody else did one so truly time to be alive yeah, right, right. i'm sure there'll be like a fright rag special edition of one soon maybe yeah. i mean that's why i go bootleg i mean because a lot of the things i like people aren't doing sure <laughs> and then it becomes cool and then everybody's doing it it's true yeah um so again like we said because both of these movies involve a lot of plot twists we are going to go, you know, we will quote unquote spoil both of them because it's going to be impossible to really discuss them without doing that. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen them, uh, Valentine is on Shutter now, mm-hmm. and Black Coat's Daughter is in a few places. I think I watched it on Canopy. I think it's also like on Showtime. It's. I don't think it is anymore. Um, peek behind the curtain. I waited until last minute, not mm. last minute, last night to watch it, um, just because I didn't want to forget it. <clears throat> yep. And um, I thought it was on Showtime because Showtime had the A24 collection. Uh, and then it wasn't there. Oh no. So I rented it, like, through Vudu or oh. something. Do you, do you have access to Canopy? Um, no. Okay. Because you have to have, like, library a card. A library card within the um, di- a, a district that uses mm, Canopy, which I used to – which in New York City doesn't, but Yonkers does, so. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that my library account keeps getting suspended for some reason. God, what kind of crimes are you committing against the library, Christine? No, I, I think it's because I moved three times and, uh, and moved to different districts, yeah. technically, or different areas, and I still haven't actually gone into one to confirm. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's uh, closed when I get out of work. It's No, it's I had a similar situation when... So, okay, but, but mine's a little bit dirty because... Uh, oh. So first I want to say, so New York Public Library, like when I first moved to New York City, when I first was going to college there, one of the like first things I did was go into the big, beautiful public library and I got a library card. And it was really exciting because it was like where the lions are. And the mm-hmm. library card um, was that like beautiful, like the library card was really classic and it had the lions on there and it was great. Um, but then over the years, like you're supposed to change your address when you move, like you're supposed to actually change it. But if I did that, I would get a different card and I didn't yep. want to lose my lion card. So I just would never change my address. And that was a whole thing. Um, but then I moved to Westchester. However, I was still like, 
you know, tech, I work in New York City, so I still could go to a library right in New York City. And also it's convenient now because now I have a Kindle so I can rent, yep. you know, take out books from either library. A lot, of, rarely are they on the same place. If there's an ebook that is available in the New York Public Library, it's not available for the Westchester Library and, and same difference. Um, so I wanted to keep both and I was actively using both. And then I got an email saying my library card was expiring and I had to go in person and renew it. Yep. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, it's really hard. Same thing. Like, I can't get to a library during working hours. There's a library right near my office, but it was closed for renovations. Um, so I was flipping out. I had to, I wrote like three different emails and did the chat function on the New York Public Library system. I was very concerned. It had a happy ending because I did get my library card, so it's all okay. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. yeah, I had to get a new temp one. This is my third temp one. Okay, we're going we're gonna to do it. I believe in you. <laughs> but, you know, libraries are really important, everybody. Are, so yes, even if it important. seems like this is a hassle, you should have a library card. 100%. And you should use Canopy if you can and get audiobooks through the library yep. and get Kindle downloads. Through. It's fantastic. And Canopy is great if, um, again, I didn't have it for years. Like New York City Public Library had it and then they ended the relationship, but then Westchester has it. There's What I love about Canopy too is that its title is Thoughtful Entertainment. And so you think it's going to be all like Criterion releases and, and documentaries. And it is, but then it's also like New York Ripper and Cannibal Holocaust. Yep. It's this great, great mix of stuff, um, including Blackcoat's Daughter is there. Black Coat's Daughter is one of those streamer hoppers. Every month, it's it's always available. It's just always available on a different service. It was on Hulu for a while. Then it was I on... I think it, it might still be on Hulu, because I don't okay. have Hulu right now. It, it comes and it goes. Um, but, like, yeah, I did have to rent it, and it's fine. It was, like, $3 or something, which is fine. I don't care. Okay. Well, I feel like I should, like, Venmo you 3 bucks. Yes. I would like to be reimbursed by this show that I am an equal part of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so like we said, we will probably talk through both of them, uh, possibly during other talk, but when we talk about one, we might end up talking about the other. I don't know. It's wild. Who can say? Uh, we'll see. Which one do you want to dive into first? I, oh, geez, I don't know. I Do you care? I oh, would I say don't care at all. I would say Valentine just because of chronological sure. reasons. Okay. All right, so we're going to go back in time, Christine. 2001. 21 years ago. Did I mention 2001 was 21 years ago? Uh, this Did it come out at Valentine's Day? I hope it came out at Valentine's Day. I don't know. I'm trying to get to the Day. Um, 2001, when when we were we, we young ladies and lasses. I was 18. I was. Oh, isn't that cute? I had just turned 19. Release date, February 2nd, 2001. Yep. It was the yep. day after my 19th birthday. Oh boy, little Emily was, I was actually upstate New York. I was in college my freshman year. I lived upstate. And even though I went to a lot of movies back then, I did not see Valentine in the theater. Did you? Oh, no, no. I didn't see Valentine until, so I was, it was 2001, I was 18. I had just graduated high school. I was working full time. Very cool, I know. I was in yeah. Rhode Island and I would continue to be in Rhode Island until I left for New York in 2006 okay so five years later i didn't see this until around there 2006 2007 um because i remember um outside the cinema which is a podcast that i believe we both mm -hmm. listen oh, to yeah. i still exists no, yes, i don't know why i'm talking about it in past tense but i remember <laughs> that otc used to do like hey give us your top something something and i remember one of them was like 
hottest or like most attractive people in a horror movie or whatever. And one of mine was David Boreanaz in this movie. So ah! I had already I seen it by that so point. He's handsome, but I mean... <laughs> I was still, I think, I mean, I'm a Buffy gal. Uh, love but you're an angel it, gal and, I, and not a Spike gal? No, I'm Spike, but David Boreanaz. Okay, okay. David Boreanaz is very Polish looking, and that appeals to my uh, my heritage. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Learning a lot about you today. Yeah, yeah sorry. I, I, have, I don't talk okay. to many people these days. <laughs> so, um, oh, wow. Okay, so you were a... Uh, I'm sure there was a like word for a Boreana stand back in the day, whatever that would have I been. I just like I thought he was he's handsome, oh, he's objectively, handsome. right? He okay. Oh no, completely. Yeah. He's been on television for like fifty no. years. Everybody in this movie is and that's something that's funny to me watching it of one of the things that stands out of how two thousand and one it is, is that even the people that are not supposed to be attractive are really attractive. <laughs> like, it's two thousand and one. We couldn't put ugly people in movies. It it is it is really a lot sometimes i i don't want to i know this is very triggery for a lot of people and i don't want to get too deep into it but the quote-unquote fat character was just so much for me to deal with there's a lot going on here and (laughs) in some ways my gosh angelique i'm sorry um in some ways there are things that i think for its time and this is something you always have to say for for any movie from from a time ago which and god jesus christ valentine is it from a time ago it's 20 years old it truly is um there is a lot in this movie that i think it clearly is trying to do some really um forward things and some really interesting things and then there's some things that i think it really didn't just plain and simple didn't realize how fucked up some of what it was doing is oh really what did you think was fucked up should we give a synopsis yeah let, let's let's yeah which by we i mean you yes you are gonna oh, give okay. us a synopsis of valentine so we open on i mean the date i don't even want to get into the timeline of this movie because it doesn't <laughs> make much sense to me but that's fine we go we flash back open on a flashback of a school dance i believe it's a junior high school it's a junior dance. high school dance yeah there, so these are some young children mm-hmm. and like there's a teen and oldest boy. maybe yeah a cute little boy that's in other stuff and I can't remember I forgot to look it up but he's very cute and he's kind of dressed like Dwight Schrute and he's asking <laughs> You're right, he is. all the girls if they want to dance and it was very cute but they're teenage girl or I mean tween girls really and they're like Ugh, get away from me you're gross except for the quote-unquote fat girl which is a, it's a whole thing well, that I don't want to get into and the quote-unquote she- nice girl who says like maybe later which is oh, I think yeah. an important thing that's true. She was like, mm, I'm going to let you down easy and not be a jerk like Denise Richards. But yeah. she, he, so he starts making out with the I, the girl, other girl that he makes out with. I don't want to call Dorothy. her that anymore. Dorothy. Dorothy is her name. Thank you. They're making out and then they get caught by some mean boys. And she's like, I need to distance myself from this person that people mm-hmm. think is a creep to protect myself. So she starts saying that he, he forced himself on her and he's a pervert and this whole thing. And it ends up, he ends up getting his ass kicked, right? He gets yeah. beat up. God, right. Um, and then now flash forward, we're in modern times and all those little girl. Oh wait, actually there's a whole Catherine Heigl thing. But anyways, all these little girls are grown up and that's where we're at. And basically Catherine Heigl gets killed by, this Cupid masked slasher guy in a very nice black coat. And um, the whole movie is who is this guy? Because it, quickly we, we, we figure out, I mean, why would they show us that as a film viewer? 
if it wasn't the kid that got beat up. But we don't know who he is as an adult. So it's a very like, oh, who is it? Uh, uh, kind of thing. Um, and yeah, lots of people are in it. Marley Shelton's in it. Denise mm-hmm. Richards is in it. Uh, Kate uh, Capshaw's daughter, <laughs> Jessica Capshaw. I almost said Kate Capshaw's daughter, but I wanted to <laughs> look up her names to give her. Yeah, whatever. Kate Capshaw's daughter is Dorothy, mm-hmm. which is which is nice because she does remind me of Kate Capshaw a little bit. Um, yeah, she looks a lot like her. And yeah, it's a movie. It's like a slasher movie, slasher whodunit, I guess, right? It is. It's. I think there's a few things about it that. Because I watched it, I was trying to remember how and why I watched it when I did. Because I definitely watched it on TV. I didn't rent it. And I watched it sometime in like uh, early, to, like mid-2000s. And I, I have a theory, which is, were you around for the TV channel Monsters HD? Yes. Okay. Um, for those who don't know, Monsters HD was a cable channel that was around for like a year. And it was sort of shutter... 20 or like what 15 years before shutter was a thing it was it was like just this one cable channel and out of nowhere this channel emerged and they played everything that like you would find in a video store shelf that just really good programming movies i'd always wanted to see that i never could find and i think it might have aired there one night and i had probably just would put that on when nothing else was on and i was just oh well okay i you know This was the era, I think it's a really important era. This is 2001. Mm -hmm. So it is the tail end of the slasher rebirth. So it's made very specifically, and the director before this had made Urban Legend, which, again, Mm -hmm. you can definitely feel the same footprint. And something about both of those movies is that they came out kind of, you know, post-Scream, but they almost in some ways feel more 80s slasher than 90s slasher in a, in like the way this opens with a prank gone wrong, kind of not a prank gone wrong, but like, Oh, and it's holiday based. Holiday based. Yeah. And you have the, you know, the, um, like how many 80s slashers are about a geek who's, you know, something terrible happens to him and then he comes back for revenge. And sometimes it's not him. Sometimes it's somebody else who's coming back for revenge in the name of what was done to him as a kid. And even, like, then throughout it, the, the actual Valentines, I was like, oh, these are very My Bloody Valentine. I'd forgotten that. <gasps> those Valentines were so nice. I, yeah, why isn't an classy. Etsy recreating those? I know. Maybe there must be somebody on there. There has there. to be. Well, Sorry. there will be now that everybody's talking about Valentine. <laughs> so there is a lot in this where you can definitely tell, like, Jamie Blanks was a fan of, like, of 80s horror movies. And I think you get a lot of that there. Um, the... What uh, the thing that I was really torn about is your and it, what, something I like and something that's also I think why thematically there's a lot that ties this to Black Coat's Daughter is that these are both movies about women. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, all of your main characters in this are women. They they have all the men, you know, are there because they are in some way revolving around them. And on one hand, I think there is a real effort to make them interesting and dynamic and smart uh and often smarter than the men around them but there's another side to it that feels very um like oh it's also that thing where when often a man is writing a group of women they become the sexy one the smart it's it's that like spice girls thing of okay you're all a type 
Well, the movie even acknowledges that. At oh, one it point, does, yeah. It's like, oh, and she's the fun one, and this, and Catherine Heigl was the smart one. Right, and, and I'm the fat like... one, because every group has to have a fat one. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I can tell you my groups of friends never once did we look at it and say, like, oh, yeah, you're the this one, you're the that one. Because I, also in part, because usually the that one hangs out with other the that ones. Yep. Right? But the thing the thing with that is the only time I've ever really in- in a encounter that in my real life um the person tended to be kind of toxic who was doing it yeah um so yes i have absolutely met people that wanted to categorize and wanted to keep certain other types of people around but it was usually they were usually a terrible person because i I was the fat one a lot and they kept me around to make themselves feel better and see like i always had the other thing where it's like no we were all the fat ones (laughs) That was yeah. my groups of friends growing up. I mean, that that's honestly preferred, but yeah. like, and I think we're like, common. Certainly in junior high, I I was kept around to bolster some egos, mm. and it and it and it's a bummer. So like, as much as I hate that, I kind of am like, this this bitch is toxic. If that's the way she's getting down, well, and it makes sense because she and this is really Dorothy who's saying that, and Dorothy is kind of really the bitch of the group. That she is the one, and I mean, you, it, it, there's a lot of effort made, I think, in crafting her, because Mm -hmm. you find out right away, right, she was the heavy one when she was a kid, so she's got this insecurity sitting on her shoulder, oh, and she's also the rich one, so there's this constant, she's a bit spoiled, she also knows that people are probably around her because of her money. For real, yeah. And it's an, it could be a really interesting arc, um... Where, uh, what we're going to go, well, let's say the ending, because I think it colored the way I watched it. Because when I sat down to watch this, and spoiler alert, the end of Valentine, a movie we told you we were going to spoil from the beginning of this episode. Um, I, so I remembered watching this movie, and I remembered it ending, and the reveal was that Dorothy was the killer. Now, does this mean that I just didn't watch it that closely? (laughs) Have you not seen it, like, super recently? No, I mean, this week. I had not oh, no, seen no, it. No, I meant, I meant before. I, meant, I did watch did it for this see, episode, Christine. Did you, <laughs> did you see it in the 2000s and then just watch it again yes. now? Yes. <gasps> I've seen it so many times. Yeah. This is fascinating. Well, it's oh, interesting because so there were fun. certain things about this movie that I remembered really well. Actually, there were two, really two things, or three things. One, <laughs> I, remembered the, I remembered the subplot that David Boreanaz's character was an alcoholic. Because that's really interesting, and that it's, is not something you do in these movies. It's so so. This is based on a book too. So it I, is, but it isn't right. Like it's like really loosely based on it. I think I have no idea. Now I want to read it, but I okay. wonder if some of the oddities are pulled Possibly. from that source material. Because I actually not that I love that he's an alcoholic, but I love this this idea that he's maybe performing as someone with an abuse issue, so mm. that he can. So it can excuse away some of the other stuff that's actually happening. You know, it's, that's one of the things that when I watched it, because in my, my head watching this movie, Dorothy is the killer. Mm -hmm. And I get to the end of the movie and I'm like, oh, did I just turn it off at the, when I thought the reveal happened? And then 10 more seconds show you that no, Dorothy isn't the killer. David Boreanaz is the killer and he has framed Dorothy for it. Mm -hmm. And... It was so weird to me because I was like, oh my god, I I didn't know that. I did not know that he was the killer in this movie. Because you're right, because then you look back, and what I actually did, because at first I was mad, because I'm like, wait a minute, they they bring up the question of, 
could it be him? And they dismiss it with, with logic. And I went back to that scene because in my it, watching it, it's one of those, like, you fill in the gaps because Marley Shelton's character, who's dating David Boreanaz, when, like, she's kind of thinking, like, oh, I don't know, could it be him? And she says, like, no, 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 I know him. Like, it's not somebody new. I've known him for years. Mm-hmm. He's from Seattle. His parents live there. And in my head, it's like, oh, right, because she's, she's met his parents. If she met his parents, then <clears throat> we would know that he couldn't have been that kid. But then going back, I'm like, oh, no, they never say that. She just says, no, I know he's from Seattle. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's what makes it really interesting because, yes, it's an easy way. He's not new in my life kind yeah. of thing. And, and he's not one of you guys from the olden days. He's this kind of, like, guy I picked up, but he's been with me. And I think that's interesting because – one like you said you you do some work for the plot that way but also like it's so insidious because it's a long con like he's that's how unhinged this person is he didn't just like flight of fancy decide to do this he's been doing it well yeah because when you then look back and think so he was acting like because you don't get a lot of their backstory you just know that clearly um marley shelton really cares about him she loves him but she can't take his drinking anymore. So yeah, like how many years was he like faking being having a drinking problem to lure her into this sense of like is that what was going on? I I mean, so I don't know if that if the if the if the alcoholism is a full cover. I I think that it is definitely he definitely we see him at least in what we see using it like he's fully using it like where did you disappear to oh I was getting shit faced not killing a bunch of people Um, so I don't know maybe he just used it (laughs) when it benefited him and maybe he did have a problem because I mean he's clearly not like the most reliable guy so maybe that was a compounding issue i don't know yeah i mean i guess i the um overthinker in me thinks well if he was really really had a drinking problem he would have given up the game at one point like if he got wasted in front of uh i keep calling her marley shelton but what's her character's name kate like at some point he would have spilled something about who he was or that he knew her when she was younger one would think but I, I don't know. It's, it's an he does an admirable job, I guess. <laughs> um, it's really weird to see David Boreanaz wearing a T-shirt. Uh, a couple times I was yeah. like, what? Because the time that I really clocked it was when they were in the bar, him and Marley Shelton. And she was dressed like nice. And if you look around, like everybody else seemed to be dressed nice. And he's just wearing like a green T-shirt. Yeah. It's so weird. Like, this was when he was doing Angel. Apparently, like, he he had to film all of his scenes in, like, a few days. Um, And it's it's just weird. Like, one of those things, and I know David Brianis has, you know, since done a lot of stuff other than Angel, but because he was that character for so long, and that character is such a specific um, physical type, it's just really, like wait like he he wears bowling shirts this something's off no this is and and this is the thing too like this i he was on bones for a million years yep. he's on a different show now like i get it like he's he's lived he's but a human I, being he, yeah he will always be angel yeah. for me because that i mean that was such a huge part of my life and this is prime he looks like Angel. He does, yeah. The hair is Angel. Mm-hmm. The build is Angel. Like, he didn't have time totally. to change it, probably. I'm totally. sure, like, they probably said, like, hey, maybe we can, like, shave your head for it. And Joss Whedon was like, no, you're filming tomorrow. You can't. Um, so wild. Yeah, the... Something else that I, I uh, clocked watching this. I'm like, 
okay, this is, you know, clearly we're, again, we're, we're at a point where 2001 is an era and we can look at a movie and say, oh, that was made early 2000s. I noticed something and I'm curious if you agree. Normally we think of like women's fashion as the thing that stamps an era. Right. Mm -hmm. And especially the last, you know, 30 years where men's fashion really hasn't gotten very extreme. I don't think we ever thought like, oh yeah, that we'll look back on this one day. But I'm watching this movie thinking, honestly, like, I don't know that the women like scream 2001 to me, but the men do. The way the men are styled, both dressed and hair, every one of them, I'm like, that's a 2001 outfit. That is a 2001 haircut. It like really felt like uh very heavy to me when i I was watching it i kind of agree i guess i know what you mean like they all look like outfits from like the window like a little pacific sunwear yeah like which is i get that the the girls for me with the women it was the pants Mm, the pants was a big tell and also the material that the shirts were made out of yeah yeah but like yeah, you're completely Yeah, we brought, right. like, polyester back for a while. It was, it was an odd uh, time. And just, like, yeah, like, and we masqueraded other things as silk. Like, I, it's not a silk <laughs> shirt. What are you doing? Um, but, yeah, the men, it's the bagginess with the guys, too, I think. Yeah, it was that, like, skater culture. Like, that's like what we cut, all thought hot guys like, should be. Yeah. The cut is unflattering. See, mm-hmm. I thought all the women looked really beautiful. And yeah. In particular, I will I will use this to segue seamlessly into talking about how much I like Denise Richards in this. Okay, that that's one of my biggest I think issues is that she's gr- she's really good in this. Her so character good. is good. Her character is Amazing. interesting. Her character is smart. Her character yep. is really witty. Has great comes back comebacks, but her friends treat her like shit. Yep, and that she, really upset me. She's the best thing in this movie. Yeah. I, Marley's great, but even though Marley kind of is at the center, she doesn't have much to do, which is weird. It yeah. just feels like she's walking around. She's final girl. She's very, like, it, it's funny, too, when I think of this next to um, Urban Legend, because it has, like, that similar, like, she's Alicia Witt. <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah. you know. Um, but Denise Richards is, is great. Like, she's really good. But it is upsetting, and I and that's one of those things where I think a lot of it is just look. We 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 talked about this differently in two thousand and one. We two thousand and one. This is like, you know, prime Sex in the City time. Also, and if you've looked up any recent articles about like, you know, why was Samantha even friends with the other three when they were so mean to her? Here, here, here's a BuzzFeed article of 10 times Samantha should have just walked away. And you're like, oh yeah, her friends just constantly slut shamed her. Yep. And that's what they do here. And it's so like, uh, and, and I guarantee like, I, I'm sure it would, wouldn't be made that way today. I'm sure like if Jamie Blanks did a commentary of this movie today, he would probably say like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have gone that route. Maybe, you know, I don't know why, they're, but they're just so mean to her. And it's very sad. Well, I mean, yeah, there, that's the that's kind of like the, the the way you in media treat your slutty or your easy or yeah. however you want to your promiscuous character is that you you point it out over and over again and by pointing it out you you are inherently being judgmental yeah especially Dorothy Dorothy is particularly judgmental and it might be because she's jealous but so is Kate right yeah, when is. when um Paige, Denise Richards, uh, the 
the detective assigned to their case hits on her in a really gross way. Like, there's a little bit of, like, at first, like, you can't tell if there's kind of flirtiness going on, but it's really very clear, like, no, she's just one of those no-nonsense, I know I'm hot, I'm not going to not be hot around you because it, you know, you think of something. But it's a really, like, gross him being icky, and he puts his hand on her, like, leg, and she's like, fuck it. it. And she storms out, and then she goes to Kate, and she's like, yeah, the detective hit on me. And what does Kate say? Basically, she's like, well, did you ask him to do it? Oh, yeah. It's so bad! But, but, like... I don't know. That's such common. And the, and the thing that really frustrates me, and I, we might be talking about this again, um, I have no problem when men write women or men direct women. I have no problem. Like, to say that only women should write women, that's absurd. And I would never say that. But but what I do not appreciate in media is when friend groups treat yeah. each other that way. Yep. Because in my experience, that's not really realistic. Yeah, like, these girls are are genuinely mean to each other. And they don't seem to like each other. And to a degree, some of them haven't been in contact. Like, there's... Really just, like, the, what's your name? What's her name? Catherine Um, Heigl, right? Yeah, like, she's not with them, right? Like, she just went a different path. She's in medical school. That was... I was going to ask you that. So, my take on it was that she was the only one that wasn't still a part of the friend group and that the yeah. other four were still kind of like close right it seemed like that to me i mean i thought denise richards and um who's the other one we haven't talked about lily i thought like they lived together it felt like it just because they were sort of like at each other's apartment in a really friendly way maybe i i just i do think that like that like the idea that women are that casually mean to each other yeah. is not my, I will definitely say it's my childhood experience. And it is not my adult experience yeah. at all. Although I agree. Um, but I do think back and part of this might be because this movie came out in 2001. In 2001, the college I went to, um, Hamilton College was like, very um like there were a lot of fraternities and sororities and it was the first time in my life i actually understood that mean girls were a real thing because i think we've talked about this like i you know look i was a chubby flute playing theater kid in high school and i never once was bullied i never felt like i didn't belong i loved high school like it was fine. Like, I knew the popular kids because I played sports with them. Like, and then I secretly have a theory that I might have actually been a bully and I, and I don't realize that I wasn't Ooh. actually an alpha. That's a whole separate conversation. <laughs> but it was one of those things where it's like, no, I, I knew the popular kids. They were cool. Like, I, I didn't, they weren't mean. Like, I remember, like, the different kids at school who should have been picked, not should have been picked on, but, like, would be prime targets. And when somebody bullied them, other kids would, like, defend them or be like, that's really fucked up. And then... I go to college and I have roommates who are like the the popular mean girls mm-hmm. and they have friends over who are the even meaner popular girls. And there were two things they did that I remember being like, oh, my God, um, they had like the yearbook of like new incoming freshmen and they would go through it and just be like fat, ugly, fat. Oh, oh, oh he's not like and, it, and I'm sitting there just like eating popcorn, looking at them like, oh, my God. And then they were like, they would talk about like, oh, what the, what they did to the girl that stole her boyfriend, quote unquote, in, co- in like high school. And it was like, oh yeah, we started like calling her at midnight and we told her mom that she was having sex. Like all this stuff that I was sitting there, I'm like, 
you people are are monsters. You're evil. And they're like, that's just what you did. And I'm like, no, you're you're terrible human beings. So I will say, these girls in this movie, who were clearly the popular pretty ones, might have just been those cunts. I don't know. But this herein lies the problem. And this is this goes back to my original comment about how that junior high thing is like 1988. How old are these people supposed to be? Oh, ooh, yeah, that's that's because dumb. That I doesn't make that- sense. Catherine Heigl is still in in uh, medical school, which is fine. I know that that takes a while, but like everybody else is like out in the real world with jobs. I, I mean, at least Marley Shelton is. Um, so let's say she, you were fourteen in nineteen eighty eight would mean you were born in nineteen seventy four. So in two thousand, you would have been twenty six. They're not twenty six in this movie. But, but so the the movie itself can't take place in two thousand one. Like, inside the movie. Like, I know it came out in 2001. <laughs> I mean, I guess there are some... Uh, yeah, it, that's that's just they, poor. I think they just really wanted it to be the 80s. They shouldn't have They shouldn't have given me a date on that opening. No, no. And I bet that's it. I bet they said, oh, it's it's an 80s throwback, so it should be 1988. And, and, and that was silly. <laughs> that's the problem with somebody our age watching it because we very mm. much know where we were in 2001. Yeah. Because we, we graduated in 2000. so like we we know and it doesn't it doesn't line up quite like that because i was eight in 88 six in 88 (laughs) i and i don't think those girls were six so they didn't just get out of high school and they weren't all in college like so it was just it was just a strange so to me that they were they were walking around like adults to a degree well marley shelton was like a journalist so she would have graduated college presumably yeah and like the way she said i worked with him at the other paper meant she was like work they should be like 24 maybe and And and, maybe that's believable but i think at 24 like you need to i don't buy that with friend with friend group like Catherine High, like, if you, there should have been, look, I, I'm getting a little too nitty gritty into this, but if there was, if they, if they were mean to each other that way, it shouldn't have been so casual. It should have been a point of contention. Like, I don't even know why I hang out with you guys anymore, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because you would, by that point in your life, you've met other people who aren't mean to you. <laughs> One would hope. <laughs> I mean, poor Denise <laughs> Richards, what is she doing with these mean girls? I don't she know. could do so much better. She's so fun. And there's, like they yell point. at her for taking her jacket off on a hot sunny day. I know she wasn't even dressed like she looked. No, beautiful. she's wearing a tank top. She, she looked hot, but it was movie. like a hot day. You can take your 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 your, your cardigan off I know. when it's sunny. And they're like, "Geez, Denise Richards, it's a funeral." And as a, and I'm very like she wasn't dressed wild at all. No, I'm very sensitive to that because as a as a as a curvy girl as i have big boobs um but like people look at me like i'm being like not that i care i am a slut but they look at me like i'm being a slut for just existing because like i sorry i'm wearing a shirt i'll tame it down a little bit like what the fuck um there is a constant as as a fellow large-breasted woman (laughs) uh there is a the worst thing is when you're like shopping for like work clothes because or or dresses I think dresses are the worst dresses because you, you only have two options your option are sexy because if it's going to show any cleavage if you have a lot it's going to show a lot of cleavage yeah. and it's a choice at that point 
or else it's like school marm where it's like, okay, nope, high neck. Like you only have two choices. Yeah. Um, yeah. And- it's a, it's a whole thing. So like when you, when Denise Richards is just wearing clothes yeah. and you're giving her a problem about it as a fellow clothes wearer, I, yeah. I'm very sensitive. To- <laughs> I'm telling you right now, Christine, at my funeral, everybody just lingerie that's the dress code i want you to wear your sexiest skimpiest or if you feel sexier and things that aren't skimpy then wear that wear whatever makes you feel sexy at my funeral that's what i want so 150 years from now sounds about right (laughs) i will email i will um sky mail however we're doing it then uh your husband and i will say i don't know if you remember this (laughs) (laughs) but she gave me express permission (laughs) Well, I think the more important thing is going to be, like, make sure he puts it on the, like, newspaper listing. That's true. Because you don't want to be the only one that shows up that way. The sky paper. You know? Whatever we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking Jetsons, like, mobiles type things, right? Holograms. And there's a point where where Denise Richards is, is so they throw a big party, and it it really doesn't make sense. It's a big Valentine's party. Is it a birthday party or a Valentine's party? No, you're right. It's just a Valentine's party. But it doesn't make sense, but it's fine because there's a party scene, and that's fine. I like that. But Denise Richards is, like, leaning up against something bored, and the guy she's waiting for shows up, and she immediately walks away from him. (laughs) I was like, I like that energy. Oh, and is that the same guy that's then, like, I want to show you something, and he's he shows her his her, his penis and she's like yeah no yes it's so funny yeah. she's so funny so i like her a lot she's great in it. and we know what else is great the um the actress they cast as young denise richards in the opening scene looks so much like her it was good it was good casting yeah yeah um and something else i like in the movie is the that it does embrace Valentine's Day or like the idea of Valentine's because there's this recurring theme about dating, right? Yeah. Like there's speed dating, which is was probably fairly new at the time. There's um like uh it opens with Katherine Heigl going on a blind date. Um you have video dating, which used to be a thing. Oh yeah. yeah. I forgot that was in there. I, I wish there was more of that to be honest. You too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think if you were doing it today, you could probably like at this point, like, okay, look at the, like, you could remake this movie. I, I'm all for a remake of this movie or a sequel, although everybody's dead, most of them, but find a way. I don't know. Uh, but that's one thing I think, like, there's, there are things there, which I like, because it kind of, which, and it's similar to Urban Legend that way, I think, right? Urban Legend, like, yes, okay, the theme of it is that somebody is killing people with Urban Legends, but it's very much encompassing that throughout the movie, right? There's mm-hmm. asides and just, character moments that aren't even murders that are urban legends like and i like that he kind of does the same thing here to it to a lesser extent but that it is there yeah it doesn't it, it feels like a cohesive themed thing which is nice because it's it's kind of a bummer when you get one of those like this is this is the i'm sure i don't know the, the Arbor Day. Yeah, what's, the Shamrock, what's Shamrock holiday leprechaun, leprechaun? Day? St. Patrick's Day. It's not so. It's not like St. Patrick's Day, and it's like a regular ass movie, and then all of a yep. sudden, like in the background, you start seeing like like someone's wearing a sign, or they go to a parade, or some something. It's very cohesive, and yeah. I appreciate that. I I like this movie, and I, I am simultaneously enthralled by it and bored by it because it huh. does it does get a little. in some spots for me there's a lot of back and forth there's a lot of needless conversations there's just a lot of like running in circles it feels 
And and I think that time could have been, been spent better. I guess it's because I like it so much. I wanted it to be better. Mm. Well, I mean, there's some, there's a couple of kind of red herring characters that are in mm-hmm. there, right? There's the, um, uh, the Catherine Heigl's date. Um, you have this weird, like really odd scene with Dorothy's stepmother. Yes. What's going on there? What is the point of this scene? Which part? Her dad chasing her up the stairs or her well, like, there's yelling only at her? one scene, right? Where it's like you yeah. find out Dorothy, again, is filthy rich. Uh, her dad is married to somebody who's about her, like, you know, a really young woman of Asian descent. And the movie kind of doesn't know what to do with that. Right so well and how they handle it. But it's just like a very odd thing. And I don't know if it's just to sort of give a little more um, development to Dorothy and why she might be angry enough to kill a bunch of people, even though she actually doesn't. Yeah, I know there's a lot of, um, there. well, not a lot, sorry. I don't know where I was going with that sentence. It got away from me. I know that there's a newer release of it. <laughs> I wonder if there's any, like, deleted scenes or, mm. or information, because it does seem strange um, what is what is kind of, I won't. I wouldn't call this a whole Buffalo movie. Fair, fair. And I guess that's why I get frustrated because it is so tight with this tight insular group, and your killer is technically part of the insular group. That I wanted it to be like I wanted everything to have had a purpose, and I don't feel like yeah. everything had a purpose. Yeah, I think even like the idea of a party. Like, why do we need other people getting in our way? Like. The you have another um, like subplot with Dorothy's sort of boyfriend who's clearly a con man. Yeah. Um, and then he has an ex girlfriend who shows up to get killed, and it's like one more level of maybe that time could have would have been better spent explaining why Denise Richards is still hanging out with these people who are mean to her. Well, and I agree with that. So, and I guess that's but you make a great point because that woman is introduced and then she is killed. So I understand the, you know, cannon fodder sure. bodies to add to the pile kind of thing of a slasher. Like why introduce, Oh, you just killed them. I get it. But like, there were things in this that didn't necessarily pay off. And if it was just going to be a, a series of red herrings, I would have, would have loved to just lean into that completely. Like, why would it have been the stepmother? Maybe it is maybe. Right. Like, why like you get to a point, I think with movies like this, where, once they become whodunits, right? And I remember thinking that even with Scream, like, back in the day of, like, okay, thinking of every character in that movie, well, anybody who has a line could be the killer, right? Yeah. And so in this one, you're kind of doing the same thing, because you're like, okay, well, there was this scene that seemed really important, but really wasn't, but had a, you know, was there for a reason, right? Well, maybe not. But it does give you one more, like, what if she, what if it's her dad? Like, that, that one added confusion and i think yeah it's the it ends up making it which i mean this is not a long movie it's the right length but it it's more that i think some time should could have been expanded in some places and chop out entire subplots elsewhere yeah because once we get down to the rumpus room as i like to call it which is (laughs) It is that part of the house that has that wild plaid wall covering. Oh, yeah. Once we get down there, it's full tilt for me. Everything's great. Because um, you have Marley running around and, and that that woman that is there 
for some reason gets killed and like everybody's kind of getting killed and we're kind of like the geography yeah. is really good. <laughs> we get a decapitated. We get, oh, that's another thing this episode we get a lot of. We get so many decapitated heads. We do get a lot of decapitated heads. Uh, I, 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 I don't want to show my hand, but so I think that the geography is really good and I appreciate I, I've been holding on to this and I just really want to talk about how great that Denise Richard's death scene is. Yeah. I think about it all the time. To me, it is top tier mm-hmm. slasher death. I, it should any list you make that should be on it. It is fantastic. And I don't know why we don't talk about it all the time. Yeah. And it's, it's a good one too, because it's smart that it's reserved for her. Right? Like, she was probably the biggest star in this movie at the time. Yeah. Like she was the most household name of anyone. And she's not the star of the movie by any means. Like, it, you know, this this is about Kate, if you have to boil it down to one character. Mm-hmm. But she is also, you know, the best thing in the movie and the most interesting character. So, yeah, like, she deserves to go out in this way. Yeah. It's really, it's really visually interesting. Mm-hmm. It's... Like, you know, gags and gimmicks. Slashers love that. Like, yeah. inventive kills. It's very cool. It's well, very It's a upsetting. fun, like, twist of, oh, we think she, we think she's going to drown. We think we're going to drill her. Nope, it's going to be electrocution. Yep. Yeah. And it's upsetting, too. Every yeah. time I watch it, I get bummed the fuck out. I hate it. Well, and I like her. I like um, Lily. Uh, Jessica Caulfield is the actress. Like, she's cute. She's fun. Oh, she, I like her, too. Like, yeah. and, and it's another one where it's like, oh, I don't want her dying right now. But and she and the thing is she dies real she dies early Very really early. early yeah and, and which is a shame because I like her she's the ditzy friend in Legally Blonde yes I, that's that's yep. why I know her I know her <laughs> I know her also from Urban Legend too oh yeah I did see on her IMDb she was in that interesting yeah. um I wanted her to stay around longer I understand why they killed her soon but I really wish that had been a little bit more impactful like them realizing she wasn't around or- well something that I think is really interesting is as much as I do, you know, I don't like people being mean to these girls in this movie. I did laugh when the cop was like, you guys are kind of idiots because of all the stuff when like, so he's like, okay, somebody is clearly trying to kill you. Two of your friends or one of your friends is now dead. Anything you want to tell me? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. And then he's like, oh yeah, my, our one friend left, but nobody's heard from her. Did you want to tell me that ahead of time? Like, I appreciate that the movie constantly acknowledges some of their really bad decisions. I agree. I really wish there's just some things I wish had been more. And I wonder if they were and that there's a different version of this. I wonder. Yeah. Because it's still and there's so many. Oh, this is another thing. I'm scrolling through the IMDb. The hands on this. Boy, oh, boy. There are four different screenwriting credits. Yeah, well, one of them would be the book. For, oh, no, you're right. It's that plus four. Wow. And and that, to me, I don't know what that says. That, to yeah. me, says something. I don't know what. Yeah, and but, it could have been that the novel was adapted by one group, and then yeah. five years later, <laughs> when Jamie Blanks got it, it was a different movie kind of thing. It, somebody came in. But, like, that, that again, that, that could be why there are loose threads. Because maybe in one version, they it went somewhere. I kind of want to read this book now. Yeah, I'm curious. But I, from what I've read, it's it's really not related. But, um, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong about things. <laughs> Do <laughs> you think I have heard many people describe this as a American giallo? Would you agree? 
Yes, my, yeah. my, one of my friends on Twitter has mm-hmm. has just re- like three days ago said that. Yeah, it's you true. Get the, it you is. get a creepy mask. You get gloves. You get you don't actually get nudity because uh, it's two thousand and one, and we weren't showing nudity but in our you, slasher films. You do get nudity in the in the in the really bad art show. I forgot about the really bad. Oh, that art show is so great. I forgot about the. That's funny. That whole. <laughs> Everything about this, which is, um, I forget which, it's uh, Lily, right? Is dating this like really yeah. terrible mixed media artist. Ugh. And that scene and the way the characters talk about it. And then like a lot of that was just very witty, I thought. So if, if um, uh, Denise Richards' death is my first favorite moment in this movie, my second favorite moment is when they're at that art show and that the man whose art show it is, whose girlfriend is there, is up in the front talking about his art show, and they're fully in the background having a loud conversation. <laughs> I love it so much, he gets so irritated, and with good reason. Yeah, but it is pretty bad art. But, and, and the, they're la- I think, I wish it was more like that. Their lack, if they were going to be assholes, go all in. Yeah. Their lack of regard during that art show is so <laughs> funny to me. Well, it's fitting because they are kind of assholes to each other. I know. I wish it would have been more of that then. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you on it. (laughs) I like this movie a lot, though. I enjoyed it. I I really did have a good time with it. Um, And again, had I seen it in 2001, I don't know what I would have thought. I know that when I saw it a few years after, I liked it better than I thought I would. But it's aged. Again, we've, we've just, you know, spent a half hour talking about some of the ways it's aged really uncomfortably. But we, you know that. You know that it's 2001 and everything you have to take with a grain of salt for its time. But I think there were attempts to, like, the fact that this is entirely the women's story, I appreciate. Truly. And I think that that's something that it does very well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. Like, it, it really... I mean, it feels like 15 years ago when I would watch an 80s slasher, how I'd feel about it. It really is a parallel now of that. For sure. It's fun and it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, it 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 does a lot right, but like, you know, it also is what it is sure. to a degree. Like, I find it, anybody that has a problem with it but likes other slasher movies, I mean, say, just say you hate women, I guess. I, I don't know. Like, there's nothing wrong with this movie if you if it's just a slasher even if you just look at it as a horror movie from the time yeah because it has really good set pieces it has creative uh you know scenes of violence and everything else like it it, no matter how you're grading it if you're grading it as like oh i'm watching it today or in comparison to what what else was out around this time in this genre it really is one of the more interesting ones Mm -hmm. i think so all right Cool. I, I am glad, uh, you know, we um, told the world they should rewatch it and they listened to us and now everybody's talking all the time. And now they can listen to us talk about That's it right. weeks That's after right. Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about another February based horror film, mm-hmm. The Black Goat's Daughter, formerly called February. I got them heavy boobs, heavy boobs, dance like dying stars. I got them heavy boobs, heavy boobs. I can't run real far. Let me break down what I just said. Each of my double D's has the volume of a toddler's head. Now bitching about my boobies, they look super flying shirts. But if I swung them in your face, you'd be like, oh my God, that hurts. I'm blind, holy crap, I literally can't 
see I have permanent retinal damage I'm suing you and your heavy boobies Heavy boobs, heavy boobs Dance like dying Okay then, uh, pull up your knee socks And put on your cute little Catholic girl jacket uh, We're going to the Black Coat's Daughter The title that I still don't understand And I still prefer the original title February But what do I know? What do you know? Um, That's not true. We, well, we'll find out what I know about this movie. And if I know what actually happened in it. Okay. All right. Black Coat's Daughter. 2015-ish, yeah. we think. Uh, Osgood Perkins' first film. He wrote and directed it. Uh, it's an early A24 film. I don't know when A24 started as a studio, but this is an A24 film. Um, boy, is it A24 film. It, you can't imagine you wouldn't guess that it was A24. Uh, and it tells a little story. Would you like to tell the fun people at home the story of the Black Coat's Daughter? <sighs> sure. Um, oh, boy, everybody. <laughs> so... Oh, gosh. And yes, so, we're spoiling. So. We're spoiling it. I can't not spoil no. it, even just talking about it right now. So basically, this movie is like, hey, there's three girls. It, there's not. It's only two girls. Um, <clears throat> but, but like, they're show, uh, we're, we're in two different time periods. And there's... I don't I don't like this movie. I'm so sorry. I'm so <laughs> don't, sorry. Don't, I'm the one that picked it, so don't apologize. But every people like it, and I like... I, I'll talk about it. So I admire... So I'll, I'll throw this out there. There are things about it I admire. I don't see what people that love this movie see. And I same, wish I did. I really same, wish please. I did. Because it's my kind of movie. It has so many things that are, are just ripped from the write a movie for Emily handbook. And yet. And yet. But so, okay, I'm going to take this seriously. Okay. So um, there's, we open with Rose and Kat, Catherine. I brought up IMDb so I can talk in real terms. <laughs> they are at like a, a Catholic school, but like it's a stay overnight one. And um, we're coming up on the, the winter break and um, Kat's family doesn't show up for foreboding reasons uh rose's family doesn't show up because she gave them the wrong date on purpose because she's pregnant it's a whole thing she's got to go talk to the guy who knocked her up which is a whole thing and cat is increasingly weird acting and it's kiernan shipka um who's cute and fine in this she's great in this who, who am i kidding she's really she's good great. in this yeah. and um, I think everybody's good in this it's yeah so maybe we'll figure it out. Okay. So there's all, it, it's all weird and stuff and it, it's foreboding and very slow moving. And I, you know, I have no problem with that, dear listeners, but it's very slow moving and you're like, Ooh, what's going on? Tension, tension. And, um, it's intercut with Joan, who is Emma Roberts. And she meets up with a family who is Lauren Holly and James Remar. <laughs> this cast. I know. And, uh, and um, it's there's murder and the devil and <laughs> and jo, Emma Roberts who is Joan isn't really Joan she's she's Catherine because she it was in a hospital because she's not okay and her parents died and also Rose is dead and Cat killed. <laughs> 
she killed the nuns that were there with them while they were stuck at school and all the other kids went home and she also killed Rose because the devil wanted her to and then the devil went away because there was an exorcism and the devil went away and then she killed James Remar and Lauren Holly because she wanted the devil to come back because she liked the devil. Right? Are you high? I, I wish. <laughs> um, um, right? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, okay. so... Cat, <laughs> I guess Cat's supposed to be a few years younger than Rose, but we don't really know she, their ages, right? I don't know. She, like Cat's well, Kieran and Shipka, she could have, she could be twenty-one or she can be eight. I don't know. Well, Rose does say that she is a freshman, and when she's t- saying, "Haven't you heard about the, you know, uh, okay. that that the nuns are there's there there is a feeling that that Ro- that Kat, Rose has been at the school or whatever, and Cat yeah. is brand new and kind of finding her footing. And it so I guess in a lot of ways it's a coming of age story, um, but it's like a dark coming of age story. And that's I think my biggest it, I, I have two big issues with this, and one is the the fa- is the the timeline slash twist and I just don't know if I if the movie supports itself with it which is casting Emma Roberts as Kiernan Shipka nine years later that that's a very interesting point so I have a question for you is yeah. this the first time you've seen it or no so this is the second time I'd watched okay. it once a couple of years ago and felt the same way like okay. I don't remember at what point I figured it out I didn't get it right away because the movie is, is telling you this is Joan and this is Kat and this is Rose and there, if you, it's like, if you look really closely, I guess you'll see clues, but really not. Like, it's, you know, you kind of, I, I think I figured it out when the movie told me. Or like a, a scene, a beat before the movie told me. Yeah. And I really, and like, on the first, for the first viewing for me on this one was very like, okay, that was a movie I need to see again to see how I feel about it. And now I've watched it again, obviously. And I still feel like this is, what, what does the movie, why cast Emma Roberts as Kiernan Shipka other than to trick you? Like, I, I mean, I, right? Like, you're not supposed to get it right away. I don't think. No, I don't think you are. I, I think, I don't know that you... I don't want to say that I don't know that you can because obviously I'm sure there are people that did, yeah. but I don't know that that it's set up for you to, because there's, there's tells like, like Emma Roberts pulls off a hospital bracelet. Yeah. But we, we don't know that, that, that was what happened to Kat until right, it right. happens to her in the, in the narrative. So I, for me, the overlapping narratives, I think maybe hurt it because it- it makes I, it gimmicky. It and, does because I uh, knew it wasn't happening at the same time. There's, there, they weren't the same time periods. I knew that the first time I watched it. That being said, this is the second time I watched it. I didn't remember a fucking thing about this movie. Oh, how interesting! So the whole time Zach is like, "Well, tell me when it falls apart. Tell me when you," re-. and I'm like, "I'm watching it for the first time, essentially. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's because I. So I have a weird relationship with Oz, Osgood, and we'll get to it, but. I think that I dumped it out. I think I was like, this doesn't fit my narrative, and I dumped it out. Mm. So I've only seen one other of his films, I guess, I, I, which I watched recently. I watched Gretel and Hansel. And I liked it, um, but I, di- I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. Again, same thing. Um, part of it was it just, even though Hansel, Gretel and Hansel is a really short movie for what it is, 
I found myself getting bored and I was really surprised by that. I think one thing that is clear in both of these movies is that he, you know, he, he writes good, good language, but he's also very much in love with his language. Yes. So let me say this about that. I don't know that, um, Osgood, if you're listening to this, Oz, I love you. Get in touch. But, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing a lot of the time. Yeah. So I am the pretty thing that lives in the house slaps. It's amazing. And I still, I, that's the one I have not seen. It is. It's everything that these other movies want to be, in my opinion, not to be rude. I don't, that's the thing. He's a dude with a vision and he's doing shit. I like, yeah. And and like I explained to Zach, I tried to explain to Zach last night when we watched it. I feel like he's making movies for me. Like, I feel like we 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 like we we respond to the same imagery, we respond mm. to the same kind of storytelling. Yeah. Like twenty people recommended I am the pretty thing that lives in the house to me. And they were right. But there's just something I don't get. And I think that it frustrates me because as with Gretel and Hansel, the imagery in that movie does not fuck around. It is stunning. Mm-hmm. Every bit of that movie is evocative and magical and, and like sexy and weird yep. and like, but like it, it feels hollow yeah. and I hate that. I hate that feeling. And I can't say that this feels the same way. I can't say that this feels hollow, but I just don't understand its thesis. And I feel like I'm smart enough to be able to. Well, it's a, I mean, it's a very, he's going for something fairly I don't want to say like brave but he is doing something pretty ballsy in that he is not giving us a lot of what another director would for a movie like this mm-hmm. right he's he's this this is a story if you boil it down about a young woman who is possessed or summons a demon to possess her she kills people to do so the demon is expelled from her and she wants the demon back and she tries again and she can't get him back. And for her, that is the the tragedy of her life is that she she doesn't she's lost contact with Satan, maybe. Um, which is a a cool, dark, weird tale to tell. Yep. And that's fine, but I still have no idea who Kat is or why she wants this or what she's not getting that makes her want this. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say, well, I should have had that because I don't know there, there's something to be said for writing a kind of cipher character and letting us fill it in. Like there, there it could have been done okay, but it's really frustrating, especially when you're, you're you have two great actresses playing this one character, and I still don't know her. Especially then you look at Rose who is a little more lively, is a little more, has a little more personality and identity, I guess. But why is she even here? Because this has nothing to do with Rose. That's a really interesting point. And I would, I am actually, I would like to hear why, honestly, from Mm. the person that created this, because that's a really good point for me, other than the end when it is Emma Roberts and she, she kills Uh, Rose's parents just like she killed Rose to ask the devil to come back and he doesn't the devil doesn't come back and she's out in the middle of the road like just sobbing I love that I think for me that's my favorite Joan cat moment I think that that's stunning and perfect 
other than that, everything else I like is Rose stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's frustrating because it's not, as you said, it's not Rose's movie. Because there's that, that scene, it gets played twice of when she's like walking to go get her picture taken. And that she's she's stunning she's this actress yeah is stunning she kind of looks like she's styled very much like audrey from twin peaks um in my yeah, opinion you're right and she's just with the, that kind of like the, the little finger waves in the hair and she just looks so beautiful and she just walks up and she sits in front of this backdrop and she has this big beautiful effortless smile yeah. and then when they show it again they show the smile kind of disappear and you see that that's not really who she is she's a sadder more insular person and it's true because she wears all black she's very me she wears all black she's very sad she's pregnant and doesn't know what to do um and she, like and the, but then we cut her head off i don't understand yeah. well no 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 first you forget an important important point first she finds out she's not pregnant and oh, then we yeah. cut her head off yeah sorry i forgot about that but like she's dealing with she's dealing with stuff and yeah. and 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 yes, I I do appreciate the brutality of what Cat does. It's 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 stunning. And the the, vi- the violence in this movie is also something that is done really effectively. And I was watching it. I'm like, why is this? Because I remember feeling that way the first time too. Of like, and again, I in the you know realm of this type of horror film. By I don't think this is far from near the top of the list. But I think the violence is really really powerful. And I think I think it's two things. I think one is that it's very stabby, like it's just it's stab, 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 stabby. and stabbing is really like it, it, I, I, I've never been stabbed. I have accidentally, you know, dropped knives on me and my husband, but I've never actually, you know, been stabbed. Um, I imagine it hurts a lot. But the other part to it is that I think because it is all women, right? Because it is essentially a little girl stab, stab, stabbing nuns, and then stab, stab, stabbing a character who we've really come to you know, to, to love and like, just see as this kind of light, it's, it's very sad. Um, and more so than later because um, James Ramar is really good and really sympathetic yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Um, and again, something I also really like that it does when you first meet him, you really don't, because the first time I watched this and I had no idea what it was about. I didn't want to know anything because I had heard like, no, it's really good. It's dark. It's all this. I'm like, let me just watch it without knowing anything. And when you, when he, cause here's, you know, Emma Roberts is sitting alone at a bus station and James Ramar just approaches her and says like, oh, please come. My wife's over here. And you're like this, I don't trust him. And you don't know if you trust him. And then you realize like, oh no, I can trust him. But now there's something so earnest about him that I'm upset by him. Like, and it's a really interesting thing to do. I don't know to what end because it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> uh, well, and, and that's really, that's really interesting. So you make two really interesting points that I, I, I'm curious if you have thoughts on my thoughts. So I, the stabbing is, is, is stabby. It's, it's very stabby. Mm-hmm. So what I wonder aloud is stabbing is, I'm not, it's a very intimate way to kill somebody. Yes. So that's right there, but it's also penetrative, which is, obviously not entirely male centric, Mm -hmm. but it is, I mean, especially the way it was presented to me on film had a masculine quality to it. Um, I, what is that? But I want to know why tell why. Yeah. Like it's it's a Catholic school. I get that. There's, you know, a lot loaded in that, Mm -hmm. 
Except the movie doesn't approach it at all. Like, okay, Rose is pregnant and she obviously has to make a decision. And when we meet her parents, they do seem, or at least the dad seems a bit religious. Yeah. And so, okay, there's, there's stuff there. Um, and, but like, but not. And, you know, Kat, with the very few times we get to know Kat, right? But especially before she really is just gone uh, devil side. Mm-hmm. We see her in one scene with a priest, and there's it, it's like I can only fill in so many blanks, and I'm a pretty savvy film goer. Yeah, you know, she's sitting there saying like, "Oh, are you going to come to the concert? Oh, you're not. That's and like she seems disappointed. Is that the reason she goes and murders three people and gives herself to the devil? I don't know. Well, so so. Uh, let me say something about that because I'm curious again, and then I want to go back to James Remar real quick. I am it, like you. I feel I am a very savvy person, so when I don't get something, I I, I want to get it. Same. So like when so I get I, it's fine. So there's there's a lot of intrigue about what is actually happening with Cat when. I believe, so like, she, the devil is real or not. It doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. She thinks the devil is real. That's what matters. But what I want to know is, I don't even need to know what happened to her parents. Because the devil basically tells her, or the demon or whatever, says, your parents aren't coming, they're dead. Or she sees a vision and they're dead. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I don't care if that's true. I just, I want to understand her mindset more because she believes it's true so when she's sitting in that priest's office will you come to my show and she's very concerned about how like so is she really concerned about how long it's going to take him to come back because she knows she'll be inhabited by the devil and she doesn't want him to do an exorcism i hadn't thought that because now i feel like i'm doing just a tiny bit too much work (laughs) yes you are so, like, because she's very concerned about how long it takes him to come and to even come back. She also keeps looking off and smiling. I assume that she sees the devil and she's smiling at the yeah. devil. But, like, I don't know. Maybe give me, like, a little bit of something else. Like, I tried to read a little bit of different discussions of this movie. And ended up, like, reading, like, one or two, like, raves ab- about it and talking about, like, different things like that. Like, oh, this is, a, this is a movie about how the system fails the lonely and how, you know, nobody sees Kat and nobody's there for her. I'm like, uh, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, the movie didn't show anyone there, but we didn't see her reaching for anyone. And- That's a good point, because by the time she, I feel like we, we meet Kat and she's she's gone already. I think so. And because she, yeah. she's with Rose and she's like, well, you know, Blah said you were supposed to look after me. And she's like, yeah, you, well, fuck off. I'm, I think I'm pregnant and I have my own shit, kid. Leave me alone. Then she's like, you're going to be sorry. So what is the implication there? That if, if Rose had been more present, she wouldn't have cut her head off? Like, I don't... I, am, ugh. Yeah, um, I'm equal parts angry at this movie and like fascinated by it. Yeah, like I read another um, quote of like, and I, this might have even just been in the IMDb trivia, where Perkins said like he wanted to tell, he wanted to make a movie about grief, but he didn't like he he knew it wouldn't sell, so he decided to make a horror movie, but you know Trojan horse it about grief. This is a movie about grief. I mean, I get, but like a lot of movies are about grief. 
but like <laughs> it, it's the grief that the, the demon inside of you left you like is <sighs> I don't know. I it makes you do so much work that isn't that rewarded you're so alone and you're you, you you're i don't know man but like and then it comes back to rose like then if it's about grief what is rose in this story <sighs> yeah <laughs> is rose the loss of innocence I, I, I don't know. Like she thinks she like she thinks she's pregnant. Is that something about it? Like the like that she's fully a woman, and she needs to be punished for that. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't need to understand everything. Right. But like I just, I want to have like a, a basic. Un- I wanna, I wanna know why I feel the way I feel about a movie at least. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think there's probably something to the, like, when James Grimar is sitting there with Emma Roberts talking about, like, God, right? His under, like, what he thinks of as God is, like, God is everywhere, and I, you know, you, you see, you see it in different things, and I think there's something there, right? Because he's saying how, like, you know, all of these, like, coincidences that you're here and I'm going to take you where you need to go. Definitely. And it fits to her, too, because her coincidence, it it is this, like, weird godly thing, because she can say, oh, and you happen to be the parents of the first sacrifice, and now I'm going to sacrifice you, so didn't that work out? You're right, there is this synergy in the universe, which is interesting, but it also has nothing to do with anything. (laughs) I mean, I I think that there are a couple interpretations of that too, but I don't really know which one is the more accurate because I, I still feel like I don't know what this movie is about. But like, is that is that saying that there is no God in the devil, that it's all the same force? Or yeah. is it saying that where James Remar thinks he sees God, he actually sees the devil? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, I absolutely clocked that. Like, I was immediately like, oh, and then, you know, she sees the picture and, it's like, oh, I can't believe that this, this is who this these people are. Um, yeah. But what do I do with that? I know. And then when Lauren Holly is kind of there to say um, in this very written <laughs> dialogue, this is where I was like, ooh, Os- I know it's your first film, Os- Um, But where it felt very like, yeah, you definitely need to remember that not every character speaks like a, like a writer. Um but when she kind of goes off of like, you know, there is nothing. He he says that to, he says these things to everybody, and none of it means anything. Like there, it, it's very it's like a really nihilistic film, mm. which is cool. Love it, yeah. If the movie can, like, if I could say that with confidence, <laughs> I guess. Like I have yeah. to reach to get there. I I I actually kind of liked that monologue. Mm. Um, because it, it was one of just like I like James Remar's about yeah. like God, I see God in you, because I feel like it was a couple of the actual times that I knew what the movie was doing. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I understand where Lauren Holly's coming from. She's telling me, and I get it. Like he sees his he sees his lost daughter and other people, but she's too grief stricken. She can't even imagine seeing seeing this godlike creature that is her her lost child and other people and and i think that that's beautiful i think that that's cruel and beautiful and i li- i liked that this this and this di- dichotomy of the two parents that mm-hmm. one is so open and one is so closed yeah but like in the n- narrative itself what does that serve yeah 
Yeah, we're just going to behead both of them. So, so many beheadings. And, and yes, and I, there are so many things that I like. I love the idea of, of Kat showing up to the party already kind of, you know, either talking to the devil or think she's talking to the devil with, with all the like looking off to the distance and like the weird, like foreboding warnings. I love that. That shit. When she says to Rose, you had your chance. Like that's a line that I really like. And I like the delivery of it. Loved it. Like there's something really chilling about that. But what does Kat know at that point? I don't know. I guess that's what I wonder because there's this, and maybe this is the point. Maybe we're not supposed to know how in control Kat is at any given time. Yeah. I don't know. And again, I guess there is a very um, legitimate read of the movie that there is no supernatural anything, that it is just all Kat doing this. And I'm fine with that too. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way they show the demon or the devil as Me like too. this weird stuffed animal with horns that you can't see. Right. This it's, is just this like dark figure that's there that's, that's identifiable, but not cheesy or not in, in any way of like, oh yeah, that's what it would look like. No, no, no. It's just this, this figure. And, and I, I agree. I think that's great. Loved it. And I, one critique I will have, I will, I will lodge about the way it looked because I loved the way it looked. Yeah. Through and through loved it. It's just that, that, we have a little bit of an issue with repetitive setting just a little bit Mm -hmm. i understand that there are probably monetary considerations sure but i feel like we walked out into that hallway with the phone and those two double doors a lot (laughs) it's another one of the things about it that i think drew me to it in the first place because i remember when this movie was like was announced i guess or when it kind of first came out somewhere and it was titled february which i just remember hearing that title and thinking wow what a great name for a horror film because I get, I, if you told me horror f- a film called February, I would picture this movie without knowing anything, right? I would picture cold yeah. and, and like no end in sight and just bitter and all of that. And there's so much loaded to that. And I love a winter horror film. That's something I, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's just an immediate ups the stakes, put blood on snow. Well, look what you got. Easy. You don't need a budget. Just blood on snow. You got a movie. Um and a lot of it's used well, but not fully to the effect that I think it could have been for a winter horror film. Yeah. Yeah. It does have a uh, surprise. Um, something that um, will always amuse me is a surprise cunt. Oh, love it. Yeah. I love when a character, especially when it's like an innocent character, calls somebody a cunt out of nowhere. Just always love makes it. me happy. Um, yeah. There's, there's a lot to like. And if you're like, these these people they are wild why do they not like this i get it like i'm glad that this movie is is 100 percent your shit but like i I, there's something about it that couldn't i couldn't connect to it and i felt like and i think that's where the frustrating part is for me it's very rarely do i watch a movie and go like oh you made a movie for me thank you but even more rare is when (laughs) i go oh you made a movie for for me thanks i don't I don't think it's for me, though. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm going to just, I'm going to take a bite over here, okay? Um, no, 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 you're fine. I just, I need some water with this first. Yeah, that's that's, that's what I need to do. It's just so, it's so weird. And I, I would love you to watch I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. I, I've because, been meaning to, yeah. Because the character, well, a character at the center of that is a writer. I don't know. It was just something about it that it really worked. And it, and it was, it was really gut-wrenching and, like, yeah. tough. That, that's one of those movies I've had on cues forever, but I have not sat down and watched it because I know it's one of those, no, sit down and watch it. 
And I just, you know, need, need to find those hundred minutes to do that. That, that one to me is what I want more of in this. Cause I felt like walking away from that. I understood what that movie was about. It spoke to me. I had a, I had a, we interacted me in the movie. Mm. When I watched this, I felt like it was very one-sided. The movie was throwing things at me and I just wasn't able to catch them. And that's a frustrating feeling. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we, we've talked about movies like this before, I think, where we can say, oh, I didn't get everything, but it, it was going for a mood and I got the mood. Yeah. And I think the problem with this one is I should get the mood, right? Even if I don't fully comprehend what's real, what's not, who's doing what when, it's a mood movie, right? This is a movie I, yeah. I this time I made sure I had an afternoon, okay, I'm going to not be interrupted. I'm going to sit down and watch this movie. And the mood doesn't get me because I'm too distracted trying to figure it out. And the trick of Owen oh, Cat's Joan, Joan's cat, is so distracting. Even though, like, I've been so I've had the IMDb listing for this movie up the entire time we've been talking. And <laughs> Kieran and Shipka and Emma Roberts have been staring at me for a while now. And looking at them, I'm like, you know, they really do look alike. Like, it, they, they could play believable sisters very well. But it's weird and so um, uh, deliberate a choice to have them play the same character in a way that's there to just disorientate you so deliberately and so obviously. And that just bugs me still, I think. Do you think it would have worked in any capacity if it had been presented in a linear fashion? Like, Maybe. if we had had the full cat storyline, and then she's in the hospital, and she gets, you know, exercised or whatever happens, and then we go right into the Emma Roberts at the bus station. And then, then the reveal is that Lauren Holly and James Remar are Rose's parents. Less that the reveal is that mm, the that cat she, and Joan are the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, um, I would, I would like to see that director's cut, because I think it... I don't know that it would ultimately change some of the issues you and I both have with it because it doesn't answer who Kat is and why she's doing this and where this loneliness comes from. Um, But it does take away that that thing that makes me think like you're leaning on a crutch, right? It's it's, I think we talked about this. I forget what movie it was with um, like narration, right? How narration is something that when I was in like writing school, I was told don't ever use narration. You're cheating. Right. And that's kind of what I feel like here. Like, this is such a device that it feels like you can't not talk about it because you can't work around it. It's, it's, he made the choice to do this in his casting. And there's no, and it has to be to what end. And I don't know what end it is other than making me feel like you were trying to trick me. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what we benefit from not knowing that they're the yeah. same character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the more I think about it, the more I'm firmer in my anti this casting decision stance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, as a first film, it's impressive. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm not mad about this. I'm not mad about a lot of this movie just because it's not for me. I'm not saying this is bad. Yeah. It's just not for me. Like I would never rate this like, like a one star or go Gosh, on the no. internet and say how bad it is. Yeah. It is more than competently made. The performances are great. Yes. And the, I uh, look, 
he he does women well in my opinion i agree i I think i think he 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 does women in a very interesting way Mm -hmm. and i really appreciate that because when done in a in a specific way i really connect to it I just, it's just frustrating when, when it's frustrating. That's well, and I think that's what makes it a movie that we can, you know, spend a half hour talking about versus just saying like, yeah, you know, it's okay. Like, no, no, no. What's, what, what makes this so frustrating is that there's so much of it that is so good and that is unusual and that our choices that other filmmakers and films like this aren't making, which is really something you have to stop and look at and think about. Yeah. But the problem is it just doesn't come together in a way that satisfies me when I think about it but I admire it for what it what it how it challenges me I guess Mm -hmm. yeah well it's interesting we both kind of felt the same way yeah I was so curious because I knew you had said you didn't like it the first time you saw it and I was very I'm like I I think I didn't want to show any cards because my thought was I don't know how I felt about it the first time I saw it (laughs) so it's it's funny how we both really did land in the same place It, it just you know not everything works for everybody and that's okay because i really like movies that other people swear are bad yeah and if you have listened this far and still haven't seen this movie i do encourage you to watch it because Um, i think it is i don't think we spoiled it ironically (laughs) you know in a way we didn't it's it is interesting to see where you land on it and if you see stuff there differently than what we saw because i think there's there's clearly stuff um this movie just has a wall around itself and i think some people and again it's another case where you think like okay maybe this is a movie about um if it's a movie about loneliness or a movie about depression or grief maybe it's one of those things that somebody who really wrestles with some of these things that that cat does might say no no this movie actually makes is really powerful in this particular emotional way I would believe that. Um, I would. I would be fascinated to hear more about that. Mm-hmm. For real, like so. If you've seen this and and you you had an experience with it, I am curious to know more. Very much. And you can tell us that stuff at Twitter, the Feminine Podcast. Yep. Yeah, or on our <laughs> Facebook group. Yeah, if you need me to see something on that Facebook group, you need to tag me and give me a couple <laughs> days, though. Oh, yeah, I need to remember. Yeah, oh, but you do get the tags. Um, yeah, when I, ch- when I bother to check. Okay. It's so <laughs> I really don't, I don't like Facebook. I don't like it. I'm so sorry. No, you're, you're, you, you, don't you apologize to anyone. Don't you dare. <laughs> it's, it's just so funny to me because I think of, like, articles to me are hard to share on Twitter, Whereas they're easy to share on Facebook. And so I always think, like, if I see something that I want you to read, I'll put it there on Facebook. I'll see it eventually. I will go to Facebook to check our page specifically, but not usually after we do a show. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Noted. Noted. I'll I'll not remember that because I'm old now, but I will try. But you always post good shit, so I'm always thankful. Hey, if I see an interview where Nicole Kidman and Kristen Stewart are joking with each other about doing a movie together, I'm going to share it with you truly important stuff obviously all right that is our show i think do you have any more to say about the black coats february no but i think that if you have access to netflix and you haven't watched the woman in the wind the woman across the street from the girl in the window or whatever that (laughs) Kristen kristen bell one so good it's really fun i had a weird experience with it 
because I couldn't decide if I wanted it to go in like harder in certain directions. Uh-huh. Because to me, as a person who watches a lot of Lifetime movies, nope. it took a. I'm like, part of it's just me having very high standards because I'm like, spoiler alert to the woman in the window in the best friend's wine cellar, whatever it was called. Um, the I was really mad that they would dare to do a movie like that and not have the best friend murdered. Because the best friend is always murdered in these movies, Christine. Well, it was it was specifically. I know what you're saying, and it does it does it is lifetimey, and it has you know all that energy. But it is specifically the woman in the window, the girl on the train. It's specifically about those, and best friends don't die in those. Okay, okay. That, you know what? That's fair. That changes actually a lot of my estimation <laughs> of it because I thought it was straight <laughs> lifetime movies. So no, it, it like even like if you've seen those movies, you can even guess who the person is mm-hmm. doing stuff because it's literally a plot point oh nice now now you actually are making me want to watch those movies because the big reveal was obviously my favorite thing about that show uh yes yeah. there the, uh, the woman in the window is the movie that um joe wright movie that was supposed to be a theatrical oh God, I but that was didn't. joe wright it didn't because of the pan- pandemic but um it was very disappointing but it's so much of it is in this show. It's okay. so good because I love that shit. It's like Gillian Flynn and mm-hmm. and Paula Hawkins and stuff. Love it. <laughs> good times. Good times. Oh, yeah. So watch that, everybody. Yeah. Uh, next time we meet here, we will talk about a whole bunch of other stuff we've been watching. How's that? That sounds good to me. Indeed. All right, everybody. Uh, in the meantime, uh, like we said, find us in places and buy Christine's book. Yeah, you can buy my book. It's really good. Thank you. It's very good. Just look for Christine Make Peace in places like books, places that sell it's books. A, it's actually just Amazon. Uh, or Amazon. I didn't want to say it. I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe there's a... Yeah. It is. I'm sorry. If somebody wants it somewhere else, they should find a publisher friend to publish me for real. <laughs> Which should be everybody's mission, actually. Oh, thank you. All right. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Happy Valentine's Day. Woo.